I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So scary, won't let them bury me. Uh, That's why I keep my 30. I shoot like carry. And boy, I'm getting money. I'm getting money. Uh-huh. These niggas hilarious. Welcome back to Don V Fridays. We made it. It's been the longest off-season of my life. <laughs> but it is officially, it's officially game week in Virginia Tech versus UNC. It's going down September the 3rd, Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Drift, how you living, my boy? I'm feeling awesome, man. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech wearing all orange. I'm super excited. I think this is the most excited I've been for a college football season and for the NFL, too. I think both uh, might be because, you know, we haven't seen, like, good football with fans in the stadium for, like, two years. Um, but, no, I'm pumped. I think it's going to be a huge game either way. I'm super excited. I think Friday can't come quick enough. This is the longest week of my entire life. Right. This has been a long offseason. Hokie fans are starved, starved for this win, but Don V Fridays is powered by sportsdrink.org. The website is live. Shout out to my dog, Andrew, man, for everything behind the scenes. Um, he did a lot for Don V Fridays behind the scenes when he didn't have to. Let me say that. A lot of those Don V Fridays episodes was out to the people on that man's uh on that man's efforts. And uh he's he lives in Louisiana. I think he's from Louisiana. So keep the man in the prayers, man. All my people that went through Hurricane Ida, people, some people lost their homes, some people are still going through a tough time. So if you ain't got no money to donate, just keep some of them people in your prayers. And um, oh, by always, Don V Fridays brought to you by Spotify Green Room Live. It's a it's exclusive live audio partner of sports drink content. It's 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 hosts it's 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 hosts hosting shows every week. It's going down. It's free. It's live audio. You can link your Twitter. You can join leagues, groups, talk to insiders, fans, Spotify Green Room, man. Um, download for free at the iOS app store. The, the topic that's been burning the streets up, Bishop 
Sycamore. Um, they played against IMG Academy last Saturday, three days after playing a school in, I think, Pennsylvania. This has been, without a doubt, the craziest high school story. That's of all time. Of all time. And we talk yeah. about high school football in America. It's some fucking sick people involved in high school football. But this might be the craziest story of all time. You got any details, anything we might have missed over the last couple? Anybody that's been <clears> living <throat> under a rock? Yeah. Can you explain this Bishop Sycamore situation to these people? Yeah. I'll, I'll, let me start from the beginning because I found a... I found an article that kind of runs through from from fall of 2018 that describes pretty much everything that happened. So Roy Johnson, who was eventually became the coach of Bishop Sycamore, started the online school and it was called Christians of Faith Academy. This is back in 2018. He starts the school, right? <clears throat> Fast forward. He eventually becomes head coach, whatever. 2019, they, they were supposed to play a game against West against a team in West Virginia. And the game ended up being canceled because the school in West Virginia found out that some of the players in Bishop Sycamore's roster were over the age of 18. Back in 2019, mind you, they still haven't even played a full game yet. <clears throat> so then 2020 comes along, and then Bishop Sycamore finally played their first recorded game and lost like 35 to nothing. Now, what some people don't haven't seen yet is that in, 29, in, in 2020, Bishop Sycamore actually played IMG Academy last year. Uh, and got waxed they 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 got beat like 56 to 6 so less than a year later img scheduled them again for what is now the infamous espn game that got televised so what is happening is people started doing actual research on this school and obviously there has been people that have done research before this school this random school in west virginia did the research back in 2019 i guess it never gained any traction nobody found out about it but now because it was on espn because of the gravity of it i guess playing img img is one of the biggest uh high school sports teams that you can play now it's this massive story because there's players on the team that are over the age of 18 that they're not eligible they're grown men some people are saying that they're juco dropouts uh they're getting torched by almost every team they play and the school managed to trick ESPN into getting them on. They also managed to trick teams like St. Francis Academy, uh, DeMatha. These are other teams that have them on their schedule this year. Uh, now all these teams are starting to take them off their schedule because of what's came out. But the fact that they managed to fool everybody's wild. And the craziest thing about it that just happened too, is they fired Roy, what's his name? Roy Johnson. Uh, they Roy fired Johnson. the they fired Roy Johnson, the coach, for fraud. But he started the whole thing. He started the school. He became head coach, and the athletic director claims that he had no idea that this was happening. Um, which is uh, it doesn't Who make sense. To and me. the fuck fired him. Yeah, exactly. Like, is is there even an athletic director? Who is the athletic director? So that's kind of the rundown. But what what were your initial thoughts when you kind of when you when you saw the story break? Um, and I guess, you know, all the memes and stuff started to come out. Well, shout out to IMG because anytime you got these are high school age players. Yeah, IMG is the, the super team. They collect talent from all over the country. It's the best players in the country, but they are still teenagers. Yeah. 
So for them to to fifty what fifty eight to nothing to fifty eight piece JUCO players and grown folks don't fuck with IMG. Uh, but now my initial thoughts was this is the culture of prep school football in America. It is a sick yes. environment. It's a sick environment and weirdos like Roy Johnson. And we salute our scammers and our finesses and Don V Fridays. We do. But once you start putting you you talk you talk about a football a sport like football where you're talking about the health and safety of other people. You know, this ain't just some scam where nobody gets hurt and you just fill your pockets. One of his players, a grown-ass man, should not be playing in a physical sport against teenagers. You know, they're like we say college age players are kids, but they are technically grown folks. He's taking his grown folks and playing against actual teenagers. Yep. Roy John Roy Johnson, my boy. I think you need to see a couple nights in the bullpen, my boy. I, I think I, you need to you need to see a couple nights in jail. Just a couple nights. He don't yeah. need to do life, nothing like that. He's just a scammer, a finesser, and all that. He got to see a couple nights in jail. Maybe a, he might he probably going to see some lawsuits because the the defensive tackle playing quarterback was out there murdering kids, literally murdering kids. And come to find out if this dude is 23 or something, hitting on 16-year-old kids like that, yep. you know, it might be some lawsuits coming down the pipeline, my boy. Uh, it was just insane. Yeah. Uh, what, the, what? the athletic director did say when people started asking if he was running a scam, he said that he's not gaining anything financially by doing this. But there was a GoFundMe trying to raise $20,000 for Bishop Sycamore, and it was shut down. They only raised 140 bucks, but – um, I'd imagine that there was, they were trying to raise money. They were trying to take money and profit off of it. Um, it's also not like this team was a random high school in the middle of nowhere that was playing garbage schools. Like this is prep league. This is like, they were assembling, they were trying to assemble a really good team of Juco dropouts and doing it without, I guess, figuring out anybody would ever notice. Um, yeah. It's just wild to me. And the fact that they had the balls to go on ESPN and do it, like, obviously they're going to get, like, somebody's going to find out. Somebody's going to do the research. I mean, what do they think when somebody gets hurt? Well, they got to figure out which player that is. Right. Who is that? Where is he from? All and that's what happened. Yeah. One player tore his ACL and they were like, I don't, we don't know who that player is. And then come to find out people start doing research. And then, you know, that's when the story starts breaking, whatever. Man, when they had the picture of the address used and it looked like some apartment buildings. Yeah, that was oh, in that was in Texas, I believe. Bro, how what I want to know is where were they practicing it? Yeah. Like what who who supplied the uniform? It's so many questions that go beyond the surface. Like who supplied the uniforms? Where did they get the players from? I know they were Juco dropouts, but how did they assemble the players? Why were they sharing helmets in a yep. pandemic? It's so many questions I got. Who was the defensive tackle player quarterback? Who was that? Who is that? Because Virginia Tech needs him, not at quarterback, though. Like, there's so <laughs> many questions that go beyond the surface. Who 
I know that. I mean, how did they get these many kids to do this? Like, how do they pitch it to that many kids? The one one of the former players, the current players, said something about they were told they were going to be on Netflix. That was a recruiting pitch. But it's like that. Okay, you're gonna be on Netflix, but when you look at the schedule as a football player, these ain't fucking like random people. Like everybody, if you if you if you are in tune in college football and college football recruiting, you know IMG's a fucking high school. You know St. Francis is a high school. You know Duncanville is a high school. Mm-hmm. So even if you were promised Netflix and you know exposure, once you saw the schedule, you as a JUCO dropout or whatever you is, FCS transfer, whatever. Once you see high schools on the schedule, you, as a as a grown up. You are grown. Yeah. You gonna say what the fuck? We play high schools, man. What the fuck? Hey, Roy. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so, I don't feel sorry for none of them players. No. The players are, over the next couple of weeks, the players are gonna come out and make it seem like they was uh, held against their will and prisoners and all this. You motherfuckers all signed up and y'all willingly went out there against high schools and got your ass drugged up and down the field. They wouldn't need, they was doing all this and not even winning, not even scoring. <laughs> Man, put them in jail, bro. Put them all in jail. Let, let them touch jail for two or three nights. You got to sleep on a bunk for a couple of nights, bro. All yeah. of y'all, everybody. Athletic director too. You got to touch jail for a couple of nights, my boy. What in the fuck? is going on and let me say this because i don't want to not say this shame on america shame on img because just because the school was named bishop sycamore do some motherfucking research this goes back because if that school was called mlk or, or, or garrett morgan or booker t washington we do some motherfucking wikipedia search on that school yep. but just because you put bishop Catholic, Saint this, Saint John Bosco's and all this shit, it sounds official. Yep. If that school, if they named that school uh, Sir Good Marshall or Sir Join the Truth High School, we do a little bit of fucking research. So this goes out to America, period. Stop treating shit schools if it's a Catholic school that makes it official. Yeah. That's exactly how he was able to dupe IMG because somebody at IMG said sounds official and didn't do no research. So shame. So somebody at IMG got to get fired. Somebody at all these, because, and then monkey see monkey do these other schools see IMG do something. Okay. So Bishop Sycamore must be real. Let's sign them too. Yeah. Well, let's play them too. So this is a, a, a fail on the prep. This is how prep schools are. It's like, it's a lot of dick riding. It's a lot of nasty, dirty shit going on behind the scenes. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the name Sycamore, uh, like the only other, the bishop that comes to mind when you talk about a, a school with the name Bishop is Bishop Gorman from Las Vegas. Uh, but Bishop Gorman, that's an actual, like they're a part of a Catholic diocese. They're recognized. Uh, it's like a Catholic institution, whatever. Sycamore is not, recognized it's never been a name of a saint like it was completely made yeah. up it even sounds a little bit made up i mean yeah it's a tree it, 
Yeah. I mean, if you would if anybody that's remotely Catholic, I'm not Catholic, but if you're a Catholic AD at one of these fucking 15 prep schools that they fooled, how come none of the ADs just Googled the address? Like, how do you, you have to have the address of the fucking school. If you Google the, the, the address, like clearly it's not a thing. Also their website for Bishop Sycamore doesn't work. Uh, there's no, like all the pages don't work. They all say under construction, but it's considered an online charter school. So how does an online charter school not have a fucking website? Like that doesn't make any sense. There's just, there were so many red flags. I think there has been, there were so many different ways that this could have been stopped. And the fact that everybody failed, ESPN failed, prep schools failed. Nobody just Googled anything about the other team. Uh, it, it just blows my mind that that this slipped through the cracks and it and it, it makes you wonder, like, has this ever happened before? I mean, and, and the other question is, like, if it wasn't on ESPN, would we have ever caught it? Fuck no. Like putting them on ESPN and, and then you see it on camera. These these motherfuckers out here sharing helmets and. The, the, the dudes that was commentating the game was like, look, man, we don't even know these motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, I, I I take ESPN off the hook for one thing. Uh, once IMG played them a second time, that creates what we like to call a trust nest. A trust nest is you're be you, something completely unqualified or whatever, but somebody qualified stamps it. Playing Bishop Sycamore twice is like, oh, they got to be real. Okay, so we're going to assume because of IMG, it's IMG, the best high school in America. Most prestigious. Yep. Most prestigious, gets all the five stars that they did. They do diligence, so now we don't have to. So I think it just created a trustness. IMG playing, I'm talking, IMG got to take the L for this and all the other schools that scheduled them got to take the L for this before ESPN. ESPN got to take a small L too, but I seen it's a lot of people that just hate ESPN now because of their quote woke agenda, whatever. I ain't even gonna go there, but it's a lot of people that hate ESPN for being quote woke. So anything they can, any time they can shit on ESPN, dance on ESPN grave, they gonna do that. But I don't think ESPN should take the big L because ESPN is gonna showcase IMG in august regardless right that's automatic content everybody knows before college football is played espn showcases high school games the big the big cross country matchups they have games on all weekend i was watching cam i was watching cam johnson and st francis play uh some school in florida one of them top programs so they always put on those games uh but i think they just went off for img that was the week that they were going to showcase high school games and IMG just happened to be playing a fake opponent. But mm-hmm. the ratings for that game, if anybody watched it, was IMG supporters, people who wanted to see the five-star commit or recruit play somebody. They didn't care if they played. IMG could have been playing my high school, Mitchville, Mitchville High School. People don't give a fuck about the other school. People want to see IMG kill somebody. And that's what they did. So, yep. They killed grown men. 22 year olds. Grown folks. And, and if you and if you got off the phone with your pregnant baby mama 
cussing her ass out because she's telling you need to bring your ass home and you cussed out your BM just to get on the field and get your ass handed to you by some 16-year-olds, it's time to get a football dream up, my boy. Wendy's is hiring, dog. <laughs> Wendy's is hiring, dog. We need these four for foes because uh, football ain't it. Like, once you look in the mirror at the 58-0, I don't give a fuck if it is IMG. Y'all was grown. <laughs> yep. Y'all was grown. Motherfucker, you got back aches. You you had bad knees before the game, bro. You a grown man, dog. Go get that CDL, bro. <laughs> go get that CDL, dog. Go go get that real estate license. Go whatever you need to go get, go get it. Because that was nasty. That shit was nasty. Any last thoughts on Bishop move? Yeah, I mean, it honestly, it would still like their schedule, their game schedules would still be going on. They'd be playing Duncanville this weekend, probably if it wasn't on ESPN. And getting killed again. Yeah, and getting killed again. Um, I thought it was funny too. Like so, obviously, some of the memes that came out, but I think oh yeah, the uh, like one of the funniest things was their their helmets that they had. They, they were like clearly all different helmets. Some of them are even like painted differently, had different face masks and shit. And then they had they all had like like little uh, little stickers on them, like just random stickers. Not even like that. Not even like the college football stickers on the back of the helmets, like you know, like Michigan right. and like Ohio State got. Not, not like that. Just like random ass, like a dinosaur sticker on like the side, like something stupid. They was they had the stickers that like they give us as yeah. social workers. Like they give yeah. us they give us stickers for every like orientation we do. Like they they mm-hmm. had like orient they had like orientation. Them niggas went through safety orientation <laughs> before the season. <laughs> they was giving safety orientation stickers for their helmet, dog. They was that was they they have completed safety orientation they got stickers that's what that was but uh shout out roy johnson bishop bishop sycamore you are a scammer and a finesser we salute you but you got to see a couple nights in jail to crazy ass <laughs> week zero we had some games going last week we didn't preview any games last week because we didn't think they were worth talking about but nebraska lost to illinois scott frost year four Lost to Brett Bielema in his first game at Illinois, 22 to 30. Um, I was about to say Taylor Martinez, but Adrian Martinez, Adrian Martinez, who been in who been in Nebraska since fucking Taylor Martinez been there. <laughs> uh, had a hot and cold up and down game. He had a big 75-yard run, but he also played like shit too. Yeah. He seems to do that a lot. That's usually Real his games. He'll, he'll, Real he'll, yeah. His, his Scott, lack of is development. Scott Frost, is the Scott Frost time, is it over with? Um, I think it's, I think the, I think it's getting hotter. Like I, I feel like if their, if their season starts going even more downhill, I think he can be gone by week seven, week eight. Um, I do think that they might end up giving him to the end of the season, but it just seems like there's a, you know, he came in to fix the program and he got Adrian Martinez, who was the guy to fix the program at quarterback. And 
he's not really doing his job either. I mean, like where, where's the, where's the development for Adrian Martinez? It was only a couple of years ago when I remember Adrian Martinez was like fourth in the country for like preseason Heisman rankings. He was getting all the hype that he was supposed to be this like phenomenal quarterback, game changing elite player. Um, and he just never lived up to the hype. He, yeah, he had that like 75 yard run, but if I remember, he just like lost the ball on a fumble and gave it up and they were down right like before, two scores. Right yeah. Yeah. Right. Right before half. Um, uh, like he'll, he'll do one thing good, but he'll do two things bad. And every game seems. He was missing wide open receivers too. And yeah. when we say missing wide open receivers, some people mean like, 40 yard post routes. No, nah, I mean he was missing like out routes. <laughs> yeah. Quick outs. And he was missing like in the quick game. Um so is that like direct directly like Scott Frost's problem? Like I, I think part of it is, yeah. I mean, if we're if we're talking about something similar to Virginia Tech, Justin Fuente, like not developing quarterbacks, yeah, it, it does stem from the head coach. So I think, yeah, it does kind of stem from Frost, but he did bring in the guy that was supposed to help rebuild the program which is adrian martinez and he just hasn't been that so i don't know if they give him another shot with maybe another another quarterback or whatever um but i think there is a, a chance that if they go south that he's gone no dog i looked i looked on the uh 247 like the nebraska boards and the one dude said we need a black coach i said shit <laughs> No, yeah, you, you got Nebraska you, over there in MAGA You own the high <laughs> seat when you got Nebraska fans talking about diversity, boy. It is scary hours over there. Scott froze. And they got to play Oklahoma in, what, two weeks? Yeah. Uh, their schedule, is, it, it gets easy at the end, but it's it's top-heavy. All their big games are in the, are in the first, like, six weeks. So uh, they could very well start off, like, one and five. Scott Frost, my boy. <laughs> hey, Virginia Tech gonna need offensive coordinator about a year or two. I'll yeah, let us. Yeah. Their only win might be Buffalo that they play next week. And then they play Oklahoma, Michigan State, Northwestern, and Michigan. Uh and Michigan mm-hmm. State's probably the worst of those teams. And I mean, we don't really know what we're gonna see from them. state either. And, and they might, and they might just beat Nebraska. It is crazy over there. Ne- ne- Nebraska just looked. They looked slow. They yeah. like I know Martinez had to had that run, but I didn't see not one game breaker at receiver. I didn't see no explosive. I ain't see no running backs. They linebackers look like fans. All that shit, that, throw that shit away. Nebraska, like I don't give a fuck what the recruiting classes is, because I've seen people say that too. That they've been recruit, they've been recruiting well to those people. And I'm I'm gonna ask a real question. When the last time you seen somebody from Nebraska shake uh, Roger Goodell's hand at the NFL drill? It's a real question. Oof, probably Ndamukong Sue is the last one I remember. Ndamukong Sue. That was 11, 12 11, years 12 ago. 11, 12 years ago, yeah. So when they say Nebraska's getting talent, where that? Because in April, you don't hear no Nebraska player. The last Nebraska player I know that got drafted was Randy Gregory. And that was 2015. And he was the only one. So where is this talent at? People say they're getting talent. Where that? They either. Yeah, if it's tech fans saying they're getting talent, it's probably just because we lost yeah, Neville. To, yeah, and, yeah, they're getting talent compared to us. 
Right. But even still, Virginia Tech can say, okay, we got motherfucking shaking watching a damn hand. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. My, they ain't getting talent over there. The next coach at Nebraska can it can't be it can't be no Nebraska people. They got to get outsiders. They gonna have to get a Lincoln Riley. It, it ain't gonna be the Lincoln Riley, but like a young, hot shot coach from somewhere else. And they gonna have to get shit popping from coast to coast because you ain't getting shit out of that Midwest. UCLA yeah, no. won. UCLA yeah. beat the shit out of Hawaii. I don't think that surprised nobody, but um, I don't think UCLA, DTR looked that good though. Shout out to shout out to DTR. Um, he they got them a big one coming up this week. We are gonna preview that game in the next segment. But um, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly was also his seat was hot. Um, I think Chip Kelly has to have a great season because. Unlike Nebraska, UCLA don't owe Chip Kelly no type of loyalty. They don't owe him shit. Um, they want to see something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the Pac-12, I think the Pac-12 needs the California teams, specifically UCLA and USC. I think the uh, the reputation of the Pac-12 hinges on those two teams. No matter yeah. what Oregon does, no matter what Washington does, no matter what Utah does, when they're good, it's cool. But the Pac-12 needs the LA teams to right. be relevant to make the conference relevant. And it was kind of it was kind of upsetting to see like how little fans were at that UCLA game. I mean, it, it looked it looked really bad. There was like absolutely nobody there. There was a better turnout at the San Jose State game later that night. I mean, granted, that's up in you know like Southern San Francisco, but um, I, I completely agree. I I just think that now the market in LA is bigger than it's ever been because you have you have the pro teams too. You got the Chargers and the Rams who weren't there before, mm-hmm. so they're competing with that. Um, and you got the beach, you got yeah, the mountains. You got a lot of people also leaving you California got too. Chicks, you got mad chicks. Like, listen, you ain't about to get you ain't about to get no yams at no UCLA game if UCLA ain't not popping. The thing about a city like LA and Miami is you got to be popping. And I don't blame them. We ain't got time to be showing all this fan loyalty. The girls are going to go to the beach. The girls are going to go to the mountains. The girls are going to go to wine country. So that's what I'm going to be. I ain't got time to be trying to see if Chip going. No, nah, I'm going to be where the girls at. So right. that's how that's how L.A. kicks it. And uh, shout out to UCLA. If, yeah. nobody, if nobody showed up to that bitch last week because it's Hawaii and that's not going to bring the girls out, we not going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That just is what it is. They'll be in that bit next week. Yeah, um, they, they got a big game this coming this coming weekend with got LSU a, coming to town. They got a big game this week, so it's going to be more girls there. So it's going to be more fans there. So I think <laughs> I think UCLA. I think they'll do. I think they'll do fine. UCLA is one of those schools where they don't got time to be trying to figure out if they're going to beat Hawaii. They don't care about that. LA is one of them cities. They where the, where the party at? Where's popping at? That's where they want to be. So we'll find out about UCLA and Chip. And it was among some other games for week zero, but uh, we don't give a fuck about them. Those, yeah, those are the only two that were kind of relevant. Those were some relevant, somewhat games. Let's move on. Before we get into week one, once again, Don V Fridays is powered by Sports Drink. The website is live. It's 
we are recording on September the 1st. The website will laugh today. Sportsdrink.org, not .com, .org. All the, you can find Don V Fridays over there. Y'all obviously already tuned in, tapped in. <laughs> but it's like 50-some other pods and live shows of Powered by Spotify Green Room. So once again, Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio only uh, sports audio. You can talk to mad insiders. The show's going on. It's leagues going on. You probably can host your fantasy, your fantasy drafts in there. Um, it's free on iOS, man. Spotify Green Room. Get all your spicy takes and shit on. Week one college football. This has been the longest offseason of my recent life. Normally the offseason go pretty fast. There's always stuff going on, but I think so many Virginia Tech fans on the Virginia Tech side, we were starved to see this team again because now it's like we're going to get definitive answers. No matter what side yeah. of the fence you claim to be on, uh, we're going to get some definitive he ain't it or he is it. We like no more excuses, no more laughs, no more spinning. But before we get to VTUNC, we're going to preview some of these other major games in college football, starting with Thursday, September the 2nd. That'll be the day you're listening to this on. Boise State travels to Orlando to play UCF. UCF is a six-point favorite. Who you got winning that game? I think UC, UCF's going to win that game. Uh, I think they're going to take a step forward with Gus. It might not be this year, but I think they're a better team than Boise State. Boise State is recently shuffling at quarterback, too. So they're not going to be as good as they have been in the past. Um, and I think it's just going to be one of those hype games for UCF. I actually think this game is going to be a better game than the other game that we're going to talk about soon on Thursday night. But um, it's interesting, though, because both of these programs, UCF and Boise State, have kind of been in the conversation about joining a Power 5 league if some crazy conference realignment happens. So it's going to be interesting seeing two of the top dogs go at it on an opening weekend, um, kind of in a prime time slot. So, But I got, I, got UNC, I got UCF winning. almost said UNC. I got UCF winning in this one. What about you? I, I got UCF winning, but I think I'm not a gambler. I guess they're favored by six. I think Boise comes within that six. So I don't know what that means to, to my gamblers. Yeah. UCF is not going to beat Boise by six points. So I guess they're not going to beat the spread. I don't know. Y'all gambling niggas know what I'm talking about, but I think it's going to be close. <laughs> it's going to be not six points. So don't bet on that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Boise State. Even under, uh, I guess I think that they got a new coach, some Avalos or something like that. Brian Harson's moved on to, I think Auburn. <laughs> Ironically, does his old job. Yep. Um, Trifecta, right there. The thing about you, Boise, is in these games, and we know from experience, Hokie fans, they are always well coached. They are always ready to play. So even if this is a new coach. This is the same culture. We won't get the new Boise culture until two, three years from now. So Boise always comes out in these games. Boise played Florida State in oppressive humidity like two years ago and won. Florida State was the team cramping up 
and Florida State was the team tapping out. Not Boise. For some reason, they didn't cramp up. They didn't wear down. They didn't fatigue. The team based in Florida did. I think Boise is going to lose, but it's going to be by a field goal. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking I'm 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 taking UCF as well, but not the points. I guess. Yeah. Shout out shout out to my gamblers. Ohio State plays at Minnesota. Ohio State is favored by 14 points. They're ranked number four. They got a new quarterback situation. I don't even know who won their starting quarterback job, but they got the best receiving group in the country. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud won the job. They got the best receiving core in the country. And they got probably the best running back stable in the country. How you feel about this game? Uh, I feel like Ohio State's going to dominate. And it's going to be – I think it's going to be one of those games where they're going to, like, assert their dominance again. Um, And that's kind of what I meant by – I think the UCF game is going to be more interesting. I think, And like you said, you think it's going to be close? I think it's going to be close too. And um, I think people are going to be flipping to that game more than they're going to be watching the Ohio State game. Um, I think Minnesota's kind of down. They don't really have the talent, the explosiveness to keep up with Ohio State. They just lost, obviously, Rashad Bateman to the draft. Um, and they just don't really have, you know, the firepower to compete. So I think I think Ohio State wins by more than 14. I think they win by, you know, a 20 or maybe even a 30. I think they blow them out. So um, C.J. Stroud did play really well recently in, uh, in I think, their spring game. So um, look for him to be good. And and they're going to reload, too, because they got Quinn Ewers now, too. Yeah, shout out to Quinn Ewers, who, who said – Texas high school football ain't dropping them bags off. He didn't want to put himself in a position where he would have to play fucking Bishop Sycamore and all these <laughs> weirdos. He said, let me get a bag and let me develop for reals. Uh, Friday, September 3rd, we're going to do North Carolina, Virginia Tech last. So don't say you forget. We did not do that. It's a Virginia Tech podcast. We're going to talk about that game last. But Duke plays Charlotte, the Charlotte 49ers. Uh, Duke is favored by six and a half, basically a touchdown. Um, upset Duke alert. Cover. I don't oh. think – upset alert. <laughs> <laughs> you, got Charlotte, uh, you got Charlotte winning? I don't – yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a limb and say Charlotte wins this game. I think Duke is, is going to be really bad this year, um, mm. really bad this year. I don't think they win more than two games, maybe three. But um, I think I think and it's at Charlotte, too. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes it is. It's at Charlotte. Um, I think I think I think Duke's on real upset alert in Vegas. Vegas sees it, too, because it's not often where you're a power five team playing a team like Charlotte and you only favored by six and a half points. So um, I think yeah. it's going to be some scary hours for Duke. What the fuck? What, what's up with Duke, a power five program going on the road at Charlotte? And this is going to be. Charlotte night game week one. This is gonna be their Super Bowl. Yeah. Power think- five teams should not Virginia Tech with listen. Power <laughs> five teams shouldn't go on the road to at to in state little brother. Like that's fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. That's just a recipe for disaster. They're setting themselves up for failure and they're they're really not gonna gain anything either. Uh, they don't got shit yeah. in the game. I mean, even if even if Duke wins, I think it's gonna be like, oh, you know, Duke played bad and they got lucky and got and and, and won. Like, I, I don't think it's gonna be like nobody's gonna walk away from the game feeling better about Duke. All right, I got Duke winning. I think they cover. Um, I got. I'm gonna put some. I'm gonna put some faith. I'm gonna put some Cuddy. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put some faith in you, my boy. 
I got faith. <laughs> I got faith in old Cuddy. And um, I think I think Duke gets it done. I don't think they blow Charlotte out enough, and I think they just win the game by a touchdown. ODU at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is favored by 31 points. Um, you think Wake covering it? Ah, uh, this 30, is a 30, this is 31. a weird this is a weird game. This it's a lot of points. Um, That's a lot of fucking points. I think it's I think they're gonna it's gonna be weird because I think I feel like they're gonna either cover or it's gonna be a really close game. <clears throat> like I don't think I don't think they're gonna win by like 14 to 20 something. Like if they if they don't cover that 30 point spread, it's gonna be a closer game. Uh, but it's it's interesting because we haven't really seen what these teams that didn't play last year, like ODU, are gonna look like with a whole year of scheming and uh yeah, and practice year. and like in preparing. So this is going to be a huge game for ODU too. Um, but I do think as I do think Wake is obviously a much better team than Duke. And I think they're going to end up winning probably by a lot, but um, that's just, I'm just interested to see kind of how ODU comes out. I think, I think, uh, oh, I think Wake Forest wins, but I don't think they cover that 31. That's just too many points. It's a lot of points. <laughs> I it's mean, if, if this was like a if this was like a powerhouse, like a Bama or somebody, I'd give them the thirty-one. But it's hard to expect to beat anybody by thirty-one in today's college football because Duke ain't played. I mean, Wake ODU ain't played in a year, so right. Who knows what they come out doing? They Wake Forest might win by twenty-nine points, and that's still a blowout. But I don't know if I would gamble on that shit. Yeah. Um. That's all the games that's relevant to us from from that uh Friday Saturday. This is when the shit hits the, the fan. Oklahoma, Oklahoma versus Tulane. Oklahoma is uh thirty one and a half point favorites. Um, yeah, that they, game was I, more interesting, but they moved it because of the hurricane. Yes, and prayers to everybody uh, Facts. affected by Hurricane Ida. Shout out to everybody in New Orleans, La Place, Baton Rouge, all those places. But uh, Tulane, you're going to get your ass whooped real bad by Oklahoma. Thanks for coming out. Uh, prayers to your players and coaches. Um, yeah. That's Penn my State, exact take. Penn State, Wisconsin. We getting, to the, we getting to it early. Number 19, Penn State. At number 12, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored by five and a half points. Who are you taking? I'm taking Wisconsin to cover. Uh, it's it's at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's always an extremely well-coached team. Uh, they always play really well earlier in the year, too, before teams figure out their offenses and stuff like that. Um, and they always dominate the trenches. I feel like they're going to do it again. Um, so, I think Penn State ha is more talented than Wisconsin, but I think Wisconsin is a better team. And being that it's week one in Wisconsin, in Madison, I think I think Wisconsin wins this game. What about you? I got Penn, I got Penn State. I got Penn State winning. I think Penn State is going to go to Madison, and I think they're going to run the ball. I think they're going to say – I think Penn State going to say, you know what, we're going to do what you do. But more explosive. I got Penn State winning the game. Okay. I like Cold this. Gate. <laughs> Cold Gate at Boston College. There is no spread. How bad is Boston College going to beat Colgate? 
Uh, probably like 55. It's probably going to be an IMG's uh, type situation with Bishop, Bishop yeah. Sycamore. <laughs> yeah, I never even heard of Colgate. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. The only time I heard that, of Colgate, my buddy has a T-shirt that says Colgate, and that's the only time I've ever seen Colgate. I never heard of these niggas in my life. Yo, boys, <laughs> Western Michigan at regular Michigan. Yeah. That's, Michigan, regular Michigan is favored by 17 points. This is kind of a scary game for Michigan fans because Western Michigan is supposed to be, and I, you know, I go to Central Michigan. We we hate Western Michigan, whatever. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm not doing the Western Michigan. No, no. Actually, speaking of speaking of Central Michigan, Jim McElwain just got a appendicitis, so he's not even coaching against Missouri. Uh, but holy shit! Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of wild. But yeah, uh, Western's supposed to be like the best team in the MAC this year, and. Okay. Michigan is always kind of weird when they have a big game the following week. So, like, next week they play Washington. And I feel like mm-hmm. they're just overlooking the Western game. I think, like, if I was going to put money down, I, I firmly believe that Michigan's going to win the game. But it is a weird situation when they have a big game later. And Mich- we don't really know what we're going to see from Michigan either because uh, they got Cade McNamara starting and nobody's really seen him either. So it could be it could be a really weird game uh, in Ann Arbor this weekend, but it could also be just a blowout. I'm, I'm predicting it to be a blowout, but don't be surprised if Western cuts it close and makes it interesting. Yeah, dog. I went you. I thought you went to Western Michigan. You went to Central Michigan. That's a whole different shit. Yeah, Western's closer Dang. to my hometown, though. I was I was I was actually look. I I applied to Western Michigan when I went to college originally. <laughs> Yeah, man, shout out, shout out to Michigan for having three G5 schools, like Central Michigan, Western Michigan, and Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Like, I think they're the only people that's that's going getting it getting it in like that. But yeah. uh, what a lot of people don't know, too, is for Division II football, uh, like Ferris State and Grand Valley State are, like, the best programs in the country, and those are also Michigan schools. So the, the Michigan's got a lot of good football all around. Man, Michigan getting it in. The Chick-fil-A kickoff game, Alabama number one versus Miami. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. Alabama is is favored by 19 and a half. Which is a lot for playing another ranked school. Right. How bad is Alabama going to beat Miami? I think it's going to be around that 19-point mark. Um Maybe above or below, but I'd say maybe five points. But I think I think Vegas is super high on Bryce Bryce Young. Uh, I think he's gonna be. I think come Tuesday when college football is all over for the week, I think you're gonna see Bryce Young plastered all over Sports Center. Uh, but I think that's gonna be his coming out game. I don't think I it. I want to say Derek King's gonna have a decent game, but that Alabama defense is good, and he's also coming off of an injury, so. I don't know. I think I think Alabama's gonna blow them out, but what do you think? I think Alabama's gonna beat them boys by 30. Yeah. I, I'm I don't even think it's gonna be close. Mm-hmm. You got you got Derek King, who's probably who is arguably the best quarterback in the ACC, but he is coming off ACL surgery. He got that bitch in what January. Yeah, he got in the bowl game. So it's not like he and, got an early season and it's been over a year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's only been this about is, nine months. First, you getting your first action. Versus that Alabama defensive line, God bless. Good night. Yeah, Say your real. prayers. That's some wild shit. That is crazy as hell. 
uh West Virginia at Maryland. That's that's like a that's like an old school rivalry. Um they don't play each other that much. West Virginia is actually favored by three points. We play West yeah. Virginia in a few weeks. Future tech opponent, who you got winning that game and why. And I think baby baby tour is starting for Merlin. Yeah, I think he is. Baby Tua, I think he's playing. Uh, I've seen a lot of people taking West Virginia online. Uh, a lot of talk shows have West Virginia winning, but I'm going to fade all that. I think I think Maryland's going to win this game. Uh, Maryland's got some sneaky talent on their team. Uh, right. Rakeem Jarrett was one of the best wide receivers of his class when he came out, and now he's entering, I think, I want to say year two or three. Um, so I could, I, I think, I think Maryland's going to win this game. Um, I don't think West Virginia is going to be that good. So that's kind of my prediction. I think I also think Tech's going to beat West Virginia too in a couple of weeks. I got Mer- I got Maryland as well. Um, anybody putting money on West Virginia in 2021 is crazy. They lost <laughs> two goddamn much. Your real school, Central Michigan at Missouri. Oh, they're getting Not smoked. West- <laughs> they're getting smoked. <laughs> Central Michigan on the road, Mizzou favored by 14 points, so two touchdowns. It's on the SEC network. Um, you said they're getting smoked. Yeah, they're getting smoked. Is Lil Pimpleton still there or no? Yeah, yeah. He's, I'm pretty sure he's still there. Um, Central, Central Michigan is just not that good right now. I mean, they they have some stuff. They're kind of explosive, but their defense is trash. And I don't like, like I said before, I don't think McElwain is going to be at the game. Um, I think he's still in the hospital, and I think he's going to be in the hospital. So I think Missouri just waxes them. Also, Central plays at LSU next weekend, too. So they're starting the season off getting torched. Two SEC teams. What, they need money or something? Oh, yeah, big time, bro. This school, this school <laughs> definitely needs money. <laughs> well, fucking need money, man. They send them boys out there on a dummy mission for new yeah, lights. Yeah, but hey, Khalil Pimpleton's probably going to have a good game, though. Yeah. He's by far their best together. player. If he can put together two good games versus SEC, the NFL gonna come calling. Uh huh. Yep. It's tryout so, season for him. It's tryout season. UMass at Pittsburgh. Let's take it back to the ACC. UMass at Pitt. Pitt, thirty-eight point favorites. That's a lot of points. Who you got? Uh, I think Pitt runs the ball a little too much, and I don't think they get to thirty. What do you say, thirty-eight? I don't think they get to thirty-eight. 38. Yeah, I think they blow them out. I think I think I don't know if they get the thirty-eight. That's a lot of points. That's a fuckload of points. Thirty-eight points in today. But UMass is terrible. It's a lot. UMass is terrible. Victor Cruz is not walking through them doors. <laughs> thirty-eight points is a lot. Kenny Pickett been playing that pit since fucking Dan Marino graduated. Yeah, for real. So he's like Adrian and Martinez, they, and, the, and he like he like the Martinez boys, but they don't throw enough at Pitt. They're right. gonna run the ball. They're gonna they're gonna play it conservative. They're not gonna do nothing crazy to uh to 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 compromise the offense. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns, number twenty three ranked, at number twenty one Texas. Texas is favored by eight points. Who you got? Uh, I got Texas in this game, but I think this is a terrible game if you're a Texas fan because. Like Louisiana has everything to gain. This is their Super Bowl. Um, right. This is like the biggest game they're ever going to play. They can absolutely derail Texas with a win. Um, and Texas really doesn't have anything to gain, really. Because even if they win, 
it's still not like it's not like you're beating a premier program. Yeah, it's you know still I mean? Louisiana. It's still the raging Cajuns. Right, right. It's not like you're beating you know Texas A and M or something like that. So it's a it's a bad game for Texas. If you're, I feel like if you're a Texas fan, you're probably scared as shit for this game. But I think Texas is gonna win. Uh, I think Bajan Robinson is gonna have a really good game. So that's my take. What about you? I think Texas. I think Texas beat the shit out of them. Yeah. I think Texas got something to prove. It's Sark's first game. They had a crazy offseason with all that ads of Texas shit. I think uh I think Texas just goes right out there and they just put it on them boys and they let them know that I think we go we do this for like a week or two that Texas is back. They beat the shit out of uh <laughs> the raging cages. Uh shout out to Texas. The night cap, what the most important game that night. Most of America will be watching. Number five, Georgia. Number three, Clemson. In Charlotte, it's a neutral site game. Clemson is favored by three points. This is a toss-up. Who you got winning, Georgia or Clemson? I'm I'm going with Georgia this game. Um, I I just I honestly like I think I think it's a complete toss-up. I just want to say Georgia, but I. I personally, I don't like this matchup uh, only because like, I feel like we're going to see this matchup later in the season. And I feel like this isn't the right time for it. And it's also kind of a bad matchup for Georgia because if Georgia loses this game, then they're probably not going to make the playoffs because they have to play Alabama and then they're going to have two losses. Whereas if Clemson loses this game, they can go undefeated the rest of their schedule, which they probably will. And they'll easily make the playoff. So I feel like this is like almost a lose lose for Georgia, unless obviously they win the game. But I think, they have more to lose than Clemson does, and I feel like that might propel them to play better. So I'm going to take Georgia in this game. I got Clemson winning the game. We're split. Uh, We're split on a couple games. I like this. Split on some games. I got Clemson winning. It's some. Of, it's some about Big Cinco, DJ Uwe Ungalale. Shout out to him. I think. I think. I think he's going to be college football's best quarterback um, this season. Now, that don't mean Spencer Rattler's not going to be a great pro or Sam Howell. It don't mean all them people sorry. I just think DJ Uyunglele talent is just on a different level because I think when it comes down to it, let's say Big Cinco is struggling passing the ball. He's so he's so big. and They can just say, you know what, well, we're just going to go Tebow all night. <laughs> he got that kind. He like he has ability and talent yeah. and size and strength. I think I think they're gonna take the football and they're gonna shove the football in Georgia's left nostril. It's gonna be a physical game. It's gonna be it's NFL talent everywhere. I think Clemson finds a way, even though it's a neutral site. Charlotte is basically Clemson's second home. They play in Charlotte every year because the ACC championship game. Um, they're comfortable playing there. Yeah. Um, it's less of a road trip for them. And they're familiar, way familiar, more familiar with Charlotte than Georgia is. So I think I think DJ Uwe Ungalale outdoes JT Daniels on the neutral site, on the big stage. And the last big game of the night, LSU, we talked about it earlier, at UCLA. Uh, LSU is favored by three points. That's basically a toss-up as well. Yeah, Who this, you got winning that game? So, uh, 
I know your take. I'm going to go a little different. I, I, I do think LSU is going to blow them out. That's kind of my prediction. Um, mm. I think, I think LSU coming off of the season that they came off of last year, I think they're going to be playing a little bit differently. Um, I think they got much more talent than UCLA has. And I don't think UCLA can match up with that type of sec defense. So I'm going with LSU, but um, let, let's hear what you got. I'm 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 confl- I'm conflicted. I'm really conflicted because I know UCLA. This is gonna be like a Super Bowl for them. Yeah. But then there's logic. You know, you got you got Eli Ricks and you got Derek Stingley Jr. You got the best secondary in the country. But they are traveling west. There's that road trip factor. There is that. Now, I don't know. I don't keep up with LSU enough to know. Maybe they flew out the. LA weeks ago and been getting adjusted to West Coast time. I don't know. But I think that I'm going to go ahead and say LSU probably does win, but by three points. I think it's going to be close. I think I think UCLA is going to pull out all the stops. Chip Kelly, for what it's worth, is a good X's and O's coach. And I think he's going to Scheme his ass off to do everything he can to to keep the game from getting crazy. Yeah, and um, so I I think even though LSU might come out with the W, I think America comes out feeling better about UCLA. Yeah, I last just, two games. Oh, go ahead. I just think Dorian Thompson Robinson was like the only person or position group last week against Hawaii that didn't look good. Um. Right. And I feel like they're going to have to throw the ball a lot against an SEC front seven. And if he's throwing into Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley, and we haven't really seen him play well throwing the ball, I, I just don't – I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up. That's kind of where I'm stuck. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going over there at LSU. That, that secondary is real. Mm-hmm. It's for real, for real. Last two games on the uh before we get into the Virginia Tech game, both ACC, we covered every ACC game. Notre Dame at Florida State Sunday Sunday night. It's Florida State's first game since Bobby Bowden's passing, so it's gonna be an emotional, electric environment. But they gotta play Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame is only favored by seven and a half points. Who are you I, taking? I feel like that seven and a half points is probably because of Notre Dame's quarterback situation being like Jack Cohn. I don't think I don't think they're sold on him. I don't think he's gonna be that good. Uh they might even pull him in the middle of the game and put somebody else in if he's not playing good. Um, but shout out Mackenzie Milton for suiting up um and hey. playing football. He hasn't played since like 2018, I think. Um I think I think Notre Dame is gonna win this game. I think they're much better than than florida state but i think it's going to be close to begin with and i think a lot of that closeness is going to be because notre dame just can't move the ball down the field yeah i think notre dame is gonna sadly they gonna kill florida state i know it's bobby bowden night it's gonna be a lot of not a dry eye in the house and all that and they're gonna want to do it for bobby but uh that notre dame offensive line is probably the best in the country yeah. And that Notre Dame defensive line is up there with the best in the country. And Florida State 
every video I've seen this offseason look like a high school team. Yeah, they don't even look they don't even look like a power five team. Their offensive and defensive line are both pretty bad. They've always been pretty bad for the past couple of years. I don't see that changing at, at the beginning of this year either. Notre Dame is going to kill that team. Uh, I don't think that game's going to be close. Um, they're going to want to do it so bad. Like you can think about Florida. The thing about college football is college football is a fuck your dreams and fuck your hopes sport. If you're not talented enough, the other team will tell you. <laughs> I tell you every time you can want that shit so bad. Uh, nah, you gotta recruit and yep. you gotta develop. And Florida State ain't good enough. They gonna get their ass kicked. And the final game of Labor Day weekend, Louisville and Ole Miss and Atlanta, SEC versus ACC. Louisville is coming off a disappointing season. Ole Miss. Under Lane Kiffin, they had a good they had a good offense, if anything, last year. Ole Miss is uh favored by 10 points. Who you got winning? I got Ole Miss uh pretty easily. I think with Louisville losing Tutu Atwell and Desford's Patrick at wide receiver, I don't think they're as explosive as they should have even been last. They weren't even that explosive last year. They should have been more explosive than they were. Um, and they lost probably their best players on offense. So I think they regressed there. I also think Matt Corral is kind of for real. And I think, mm-hmm. I think Ole Miss is actually going to be kind of fun to watch this year. Um, so I got Ole Miss winning. I think they might even win by, you know, 17 to 24 range. Yeah. I got Ole Miss winning as well. Um, Lane Kiffin got them boys. Like, like I said last year, he had that off. He had that offense working. I mean, Ole Miss last year gave Bama defense problems. Yeah. And Matt Corral and them. So I don't think I don't think they show any signs of rust or anything. And Louisville, man, Louisville ain't hit no shit, man. The only thing I know Louisville for, honestly, is Brock Hoffman going after their coaches on Twitter after we played them last year. Brock, <laughs> Hoffman, went on, Brock Hoffman went on like a Twitter killing spree of the Louisville coaches after the game. So yeah, I got I got Ole Miss winning that covering. Yeah. On to the main event. The reason why everybody tuned into this podcast, UNC at Virginia Tech is at home for us. We're wearing orange uniforms. It's Friday night in a Sandman. Everybody gonna be loud and jumping and losing their fucking minds. USC is only favored by five and a half points. Now, before for full disclosure, this is your first time being on Don V Fridays while we pick games. I have a thing on Don V Fridays where I never pick Virginia Tech to lose. I just give reasons why we could win. I don't pick Virginia Tech to lose on this podcast. I just say we can win if X, Y, and Z happens. So, okay, I'll you follow don't have the format. To, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to follow that format. That's my format. You can do what you want to do. That's my format. But what's your take on the game? Before we even do picks, what's your take on the game? How you think it's going to go? Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I think it's going to be tough for UNC to come out and, like, pass well and run well. I think I think the atmosphere – I think I think even Virginia Tech's defense has actually taken a step up 
in terms of what they have this year. I think everybody's just more experienced for the most part. Um, so I think it's going to be a low scoring game all around. I think Virginia Tech's going to try and control the clock, control possessions, keep the ball out of Sam Howell's hands. Uh, Bo Corrales is out of this game, which is supposed to be his like number one receiver. Um, so I'm curious to see how Sam Howell plays against without like his receivers. I mean, he lost four NFL players to the draft. Um, so I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And I think it's going to come down to the last couple possessions in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be electric at like an electric venue. Um, I think it's gonna be awesome to see the fans back. It's been so long since we've seen it. So that's just kind of my overview. Yeah. When it, when it comes, when it comes to this game and we, whether it's been this podcast or in group chats on Twitter or in our just personal last period, we done went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It all comes down to talent, uh, recruiting, and are they our rival now? And do you hate UNC? I done heard it all. I've been waiting for this game to be played since we played them last year and lost. I just kind of want this game to be played and over with. I'm going to know exactly what this season is from this game. Now, this is what Virginia Tech is going to have to do to beat UNC. If y'all watch Fuente's press conference on Monday, he's already coaching the game. He was already He's already working the referees. He said that the ACC – doesn't really call pass interference. And they allow UNC's defensive backs to hold Virginia Tech's receivers. I don't think he said that for no reason. I think he wanted to put it out there early and kind of tell the referees, hey, we're going to need some help out here. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought that was soft as hell. I thought that was weak as fuck. I thought, I thought a coach should not do that. But Fuente is coaching already. He's going to have two coaches or solve to win this game. So he has to work the refs. He's going to have to pull out every gimmick in order to win this game. So he's going to need some pass interference calls. He's going to need holding calls on them. He's going to have to scheme and protect the fuck out of the ball and go on 20 play drives. <laughs> Keep saying how. It, it, if you thought the Clemson game was a sell your soul, he was Shang Tsung out there. He wanted to possess the ball the whole game. He is going to do the exact same thing versus UNC. Yep. He's already working the refs. Braxton Burmeister is going to have to channel inner Mike Brewer, which means he's going to take some crazy shots, and uh, he's going to get hit a lot. And he's going to have to keep getting up because I think Fuente is going to take the ball. I don't think he's going to put it in a running back's hands. That's why he said what he said about the receiving group. He said the receiver room, he did not like the mentality of the receiver room then, but now he likes the mentality of the receiver room. So basically what he's saying is, dog, it's on y'all. We're not going to be able to run the ball on them. That's one of the better D-lines in the ACC. We're going to have to do it with y'all. Whether that's quick, the quick passes, the screens, y'all gonna have to get off. Y'all gonna have to get off uh, these press, this press coverage. Tony Graham's and them. Y'all gonna have to get off this press coverage, and y'all gonna have to get open. 
and y'all gonna have to catch the ball and y'all gonna have to keep these drives alive. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be on the running backs. It's gonna be on Burmeister. It's gonna be on the receivers. Fuente already said this is the most comfortable he ever felt throwing the ball. I think he was lying. I think he was lying out his fucking teeth. But he needs to because there is no Herbert to carry this team and bail this team out. So that's what he's gonna have to do to win the game. Uh, that's it. He's gonna have to coach his ass off because talent wise, it's not even close. Yeah, I I know they lost a lot, but they recruited and we did not. What's, yeah. your, what's your thoughts? I, I I agree there. I think I think their talent is still up there. I think it's better than ours, even even with losing those four players to the draft. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's gonna be a hoarding the ball. A lot of people think that North Carolina is going to put up, you know, 30, 40 points this game. I don't think they're going to be able to, because I don't think they're going to have the ball enough to do that. Um, just because of the way I think, you know, Fuente and, and corner, it, I think the way that they're going to scheme the offense is going to be to, to hoard the ball the whole game and keep it out of Sam Howell's hands. Uh, and then when he does get the ball, it, the pressure is going to be on because he knows he's not going to get it back for another seven minutes. So yeah. I think they're going to work it like that um, and, and put as much pressure on, on UNC as possible. But this is, in a way, we talked about other schools being at like their Super Bowl. This, for some weird reason, feels mm-hmm. like Virginia Tech's Super Bowl. And I, crazy. I don't think that's a good thing, personally. No. Um, no. Because a couple of years ago, we were smacking UNC every game. And now we're sitting here in this position. But – um, it does feel like that people want to storm the field if Virginia Tech wins. I That's think nasty. there there is a scenario where Tech wins, um, and I think we laid it out for you guys. So, like I say, Tech Tech wins. It's gonna be a nasty, sloppy. We put, we gotta become we gotta go full Georgia Tech without running the ball because I don't think they plan on running it. But it's gonna be a lot of misdirection oh the jet sweep coming back in a major way people say the jet, jet sweep eight jet sweep is coming back um we starting Caden Moore at right guard uh yeah I I do not expect them to try to run it right at North Carolina this year no juice Herbert no Darisol no uh drawing a blank West Virginia Doug Nestor um it's gonna be nasty, man. It's gonna be a lot of quick passes. It's gonna be a, we're gonna to try to we're gonna use the passing game as the running game, and I hope Trey Turner, Tavion Robinson, James Mitchell is. They're yep. gonna need the ice tub after this one because they're gonna get force fed the ball a lot in the screen game, the sweep game, and in the quick game. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna. I don't even think we're even gonna try them downfield. Yeah, we're gonna see. they already talk about it. They might not can't get off the press, so. Right, we're gonna see the whole arsenal. We're gonna see everything this game. Everything, but that's why when we say go, like you're you might see, see Burmeister yeah. throw thirty five times. Right, I think Burmeister's gonna throw thirty five times, and we're still gonna sit on the ball because they're gonna all be at the line of scrimmage. Yep, um, I think it's very similar to the to the UCLA LSU game and the fact that Chip Kelly pulling everything out using everything yes. that he has. Uh, I think Fuente's gonna be doing the exact same thing. Right, I guess I guess a stout secondary. Right, 
And that's um, why when you say like, you know how this team is going to be after this game, it's because we're going to see everything that this team can do from this game. Cause they are going to be trying to do it. Right. Right, right, right. And we'll see. We'll see. Like I say, I can't, I don't pick, I don't, I don't pick Virginia Tech to lose um, on the podcast, but I ain't going to lie, man. That shit looking kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> if we come out and let's say we do exactly what we, what, what me and you say, and we try to throw a couple, you know, quick screens and set shit up, and let's say we go three and out, and they score. If we go three and out again. Ooh, they score. It's going to be a long oh, day home. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long day home. Yeah. That's all Hey, so that first script, that first script better work. <laughs> that first script better. Fuente, let me tell you something, Justin. Corn, whoever's drawing up this first script, it better be fire, my boy. Because if you <laughs> go three and out and they score, mm, 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 you might be on them boys like Scott Frost. They won't like, they might want them a black uh. coach in Blacksburg. But that's it for Don V Fridays, man. We want to thank y'all for tapping in to the Best Virginia Tech podcast and all the lands. Yes, sir. Um, that's that pretty much packed episode. We say every episode, like before we record, oh, this is going to be a short episode and the bitch end up being an hour and a half. <laughs> just the way it go, man. We just be hanging out. Yep. We have shit to do. Yeah. Anything left you got to say to the people? Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for tapping and listening to us. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this past month of guests. Uh, was huge yeah, having thank having, all the guests yeah big facts all the uh, guests that came shout on. out everybody who came on um but it is officially football season now and uh we're pumped so that's all i got football it's officially football season like drew said we want to thank all our guests um i feel like don v fridays helped i'm gonna say helped move the dog days of summer along because we was able to create conversations every week. We had the timeline jumping every week when we dropped. Um, and, and that's thanks to the guests. That's thanks to Jacque Aline, the Sons of Saturday, Eric Kuma, Trayvon Hill, Darius Redman. We want to thank all our guests. And, yes, uh, sir. Helping us turn up the timeline every week. But it's the season now. Um, we, got, we got some things in the works, but for the most part, we're going to be focused on season, you know, the season content. And like I said, we got other shit coming down the pipeline, but it's the season now. So now, now the episodes write themselves. Um, right. But that's it, man. Yeah. Next week. Next hey, week hey, is the- hey, enjoy the, en- enjoy this, enjoy this week of positivity and uh, talking. This is to all you fans. You know, this is the mm-hmm. best week to be a fan. Because the uh, last it's your last fucking opportunity to lie. <laughs> exactly. It's, a, it's all truth next week. Yeah. Oh, we'll lose a drop. It's gonna be truce. Yeah. Told next week. Enjoy Get your it. out. You motherfuckers got one more day to lie. That's all <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until the truths come out next week, man. God bless. <laughs>